1: In the fall of 2006, I was working for Apple and starting to build my life. Although I visited the glory years of The Hip often, after my bout with In Between Evolution, I wasn't really interested in what The Hip was getting up to in future releases, such as World Container. It wasn't as though I didn't pay attention. I mean, I knew The Hip were going to be working with Bob Rock, and I knew what I thought of him as a knob-turner. The guy made music that made money. But in my opinion, it was often too sanitized and perfect sounding. So let's say I was curious about World Container, but not so curious that I would download it from LimeWire or the myriad of other music stealing devices that were threatening the music industry and would ultimately make watching live music much more expensive as album sales went down. I suppose if I had put on a good pair of headphones and really listened to You're Not the Ocean, I would have had to concede that my band was still making music that could move me. But I didn't. Despite carrying 5,000 songs in my pocket on my beautiful white iPod, I couldn't be bothered with the 11 that made up this record. Now I have to tell you, I'm glad I took some time away from the hip. Ultimately, it made our reunion so much sweeter years down the road. But there's a small part of me that wonders what it would have been like had I never stepped away had I never stopped watching the tours and listening to the music. Would I be a stand for World Container? I'm not sure. It's a pretty bitching record after all. It weaves a web that is difficult to escape from once you've been sucked in, and I implore you, let yourself get sucked in. It takes you on a journey through several emotional states of mind, and the words, well, they're just glorious. A comet from Earth in a Kiss Alive shirt saying holy fuck it's Jesus. Fuck me that is good work. Is it good enough for our friends Pete and Tim though? Our journey is nearly complete and they have been enjoying the later output of the hip a lot so far. Is that going to continue for World Container? Let's check it out on Getting Hip to the Hip. Mm
0: Long Slice Brewery presents Getting Hip to the Hip.
1: Well, welcome to Getting Hip to the Hip. I'm here, as always, with Pete and Tim. And And we are uh, checking out, for the first time, a new hip record. Every week we do this, and uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. So this week I gave you the tenth studio record uh produced by famous Canadian producer Bob Rock. Bob Rock. Um, Bob oh my Rock. Gosh. Right? You—he's he, born for a job.
2: Part of me mi- mi- wishes I was that guy. Right? Hair and everything—all the bands he's worked with. Just oh my god. Lamborghini, four wheel drive Lamborghini like jacked
1: wheels and everything. Four wheel
3: drive Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
1: No, don't be sorry. Yeah. Um
2: let's talk about him a little bit though, because he's he's done some major bands, right?
1: Yeah, it's, really.
2: I mean, wow, the guy's the guys' portfolio is
1: like quite, from the mid eighties to the mid nineties, he was like literally worked with everybody in in rock. Everybody
2: know? make who's making money. Yeah. He
3: he his last it. name is Rock. I know. Yeah.
2: That's why I kind of wish I was him like for that era.
3: <laughs> Jeez, dude.
2: Bon Jovi. He's,
1: he's not as good as the he's not as good as the producer Michael Indy.
3: Oh. Oh, yeah, look at that.
1: Yeah. No. No, but seriously, Bob Rock, he, he he was all over the place. He
2: he kinda he even helped out share. But yeah. 311, Skid Row, Motley Crue—I mean, this guy—he. Was...
3: Which 311 record? Because there, Ooh. there's, because because, uh, grassroots is just—that was a breakthrough, man.
2: I don't know. I'm not a fan. I did. Uh, I'd be I curious. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't.
3: Their later I wouldn't stuff, know. it wasn't.
2: But, has, but um, I bet
3: he's a big Bob Seeger fan. I'm sure. sounded pretty significant. He with
2: Metallica. I was wondering if you, if that rang a bell for you. Mr. Pete. Huh.
3: Yeah, I love. I mean, I, I, I. Th- is this his first record that he's produced for the hip?
1: This is the first one. He does two. Yeah. He does yeah. the next two back to back, which they seem to, seem to. That seems to be what they do. You know, they work with the mm. producer and then, and then work with him again. Um, and it's worked. You know, on a couple of occasions.
3: Oh man, yeah, he's got a fucking dude. This guy's got a.
1: And he's got
2: the hair and everything. Look Jeez. At him. He's, yeah.
3: Got a rap sheet. I, I almost, almost am
2: almost crushing on him. Brian Adams, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Damn, man. Holy so there shit. was, there was great anticipation, I think, amongst, uh, maybe not the diehard hip fans, because the diehard hip fans were going to, were going to buy the record regardless and enjoy it regardless. But that, that outer fringe that, that had been listening the people like me that had been had been diehards, but had in in between evolution, despite you guys really liking it, was a record that was divisive for me at the time. Uh, I was just listening to other things, and that's that's all there was to it. So the outer fringes, like me, were thinking, "Well, Bob Rock knows how to produce a hit record. Maybe this will be the one." You know what I mean? That's that's gonna bring me back and bring back I don't know why I was so concerned with their success in the states I really don't it's 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 pointless
3: I feel like it is something that is just fucking ingrained in you Canadians I I mean I, I it's like this I don't know what it is I think it's so stupid but I get it but I don't get it I'm just like why didn't we break through why haven't they broken through why do you want Americans to like you so much guess what Americans aren't all that fucking great Take it from one who is one.
2: Right, Timmy? And, and, and half of us are fucking idiots, if not more. Yeah, exactly. If not well, more these days. More, I mean, there's a I lot of reproduction happening. It's, it's like it, we're probably towards 60% now, which is, I would which is say, horrifying. 60 70. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, when I walk down the street, I'm like, I'm just ready.
3: Jesus.
1: Let's man. go.
2: No, yeah, but, man. but, you know, I, I asked the bot, the AI bot, why the hip never broke through across the border other than Detroit and where upstate New York wherever they were playing and the bot was like, this is my bot voice it doesn't really exist this way but the bot was like they were just too Canadian oh really yeah like that was a serious point from the bot that they people people thought that maybe they were just too Canadian and I thought wow huh okay I don't like even know what that means. Well, like because
1: a lot of the content is
2: Canada-themed stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't. But it's not in your face unless somebody points it out.
2: Yeah, I mean that—that was one explanation.
1: Yeah,
3: that was one explanation. I hear it. Yeah, just
2: content of lyrics.
3: I mean, if that was the case for crying out loud, dude, uh, Rick Moranis and John Candy would have never been accepted into, you know, popular culture. In the right. States. I mean, so then that, why? It, that can't be it. Yeah, box it, is wrong.
2: Maybe so, because I was thinking, what about the boss? You know, or I mean, all these artists that sell out concerts around the world. Yeah, was Bruce Springsteen too American? God forbid.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little too American for me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, by the way, know, those
2: blue jeans, pretty handsome.
3: Yeah. Did, did, <laughs> they I, dwell. But in, you mentioned Metallica, Tim, and JD, he, he didn't just produce Metallica, but the Black Album. The Black album.
2: Yeah. That's right. The one yeah.
3: the one that like, I mean, say what you want about Metallica. Right. I mean, I like I, I like I like a, a a chunk of their stuff. I have a connection because James Hetfield went to my high school.
1: You know? We know that from episode um, two. Yeah,
3: I... Do we know that from episode two? We well,
2: do. I, I oh, found I, I found this other podcast where it, it was really hidden inside iTunes and it's about Pete getting beat up by <laughs> James Effett. Like he returns to speak at the school and singles out Pete. I don't know.
3: I heard they it, heard, it, like, it, it said they it at the end, but <laughs> never, I, I've never seen the guy. I never met the guy. But no, that 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 record was pivotal. I mean, that's where they went from you know heavy metal band to worldwide like if you go to another planet people heard of metallica
1: so here's here's yeah. this is exactly my point my point is they had they had four or five really great records before that that metallica fans cleave to and absolutely adore and metallica would have had a great career with 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 just you know if they hadn't released the black album they would have had a good career you know on the backs of those five records but they did release the Black Album, and Bob Rock did produce that record. So there was a thought in my head that maybe the same thing could happen with my band. Mm, you know? Mm, mm. And that that's ridiculous and arbitrary, and it, it, it ultimately, I know, doesn't matter. But I think that that's where it came from. So, J.D.,
2: you mentioned this album wasn't all that for you is that what happened or you had a what, what, what was your reaction when it came out you said you were late to it
1: yeah i i didn't really get into this record like as a fan until i really gave it a bunch of time and that was when we did the fully and completely podcast i gave mm. it you know quite a bit of time and i ended up you know appreciating it it's it's to me it's an interpretation of a tragically hip album and it's not one that I think is the best interpretation of a tragically hip album, but there's some real highlights on it. There's do you mean to say it
2: kind of? It. Do you mean to say it personifies a tragically hip album? Is that what you mean by that?
1: No, because that would mean I would be making it a person and uh, calling it by name and things like that. Okay. And in this case, <laughs> <You're> not, <laughs> what not, I'm okay. Doing, you're
3: not buy, You're not buying it a beard, dude. Hey, okay, you're not <laughs> taking with it. That, boring, okay, fine.
1: Dude. We're gonna cut
2: that out. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, but but That's with great. that, do, did this album kind of represent to you like this is a great hip album? It checks boxes, or what do you mean by that statement?
1: No, I mean it's a it's an interpretation of a hip record. A hip record to me has backing vocals that I can hear that are Paul Langlaw and and Gord Sinclair doing the backup vocals. It's got. Um, are they not singing
3: backup on
1: this one? They are, but it's just mixed differently. It's like you don't you don't hear them the same way. There's like gang vocals on this one. Right true. Here. You know, like it's a little different. It's it's just it's, it's a realistic. little bit odd. It's like walking into a room that you're really familiar in, but you have like a feeling like something is off. Like, am I in the same dimension? Hmm. You know? Hmm.
3: It's like when Howard the Duck landed on Earth and 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 thought he was like just home until he saw the first human. Right. Exactly like that.
2: I Which mean, that's stuff. what I was thinking. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. So we gotta we gotta blame Bob Bob Rock for that then. Uh, that, that's where I'm going with this.
1: Yeah, and he get like I say he gets two stabs at it, and this is his first, this is his first stab. Yeah. And there's a lot to like.
3: I hear you when you say I know what you mean by you say it's 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 a hip album personified. Because it's different. It's like, it's the hip, but you're like, something's, it's a little bit like Black Mirror-ish. It's like, is there something I'm missing right now? Yeah. Um, something feels weird. And I feel that, you know, it's funny. I got to think to myself, like, what do the members of the hip think? Because like when they hear, if they were to be flies on the wall in this conversation, because, right. you know, they all listen week over week. This is a fact. We know this. <laughs> um, no, but like. Like for them, it's probably. I mean, maybe there were some things different, but they're just like, "What the fuck is this guy talking about?" They were out, out front of my
2: house this morning. They were just like, "They're they're hoping they're, they're hoping to get a glimpse."
3: Pitchforks, <laughs> <laughs> like for the for the yeah. first two episodes with their machetes. Um, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> but I feel you, dude. I feel you completely. I, I do. Um, that there's something off, not off, but like as the listener. It just, like, you'll see it when we start talking about the song. I'll point out a few things where I'm just like, yeah, it's it's saying exactly what you just said, J.D.'s.
1: So where did you guys listen to this record the first time?
2: Man, I, after we last recorded, I had a garage project to do, and I brought a speaker out there and got in my zone and just cranked it up, and out the gates, I was like, oh, this is going to be... Maybe a really fun album, and then even during the first song, I had I paused it several times, and I was distracted, and I had things going on, so I had to like restart the album, restart the album, restart the album, and that has not happened to me with my listenings. So this one just out the gate for me, it was like all these things were happening, but ultimately with the first song, I was kind of like, whoa, what do I think of this? It's it was I was a little bit perplexed, so. Yeah, after that, of course, just all the typical stuff of how I listen to albums just all over the place. I really gave this one a lot of time. And um, at one point was like, I need to hear this on vinyl. I want to hear what's going on with this album because it was a little bit different. And I wasn't necessarily wanting to buy it on vinyl because it's like my favorite one yet. I don't know. I just I was a little perplexed by this album.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It From can, be, out it can gate, be, you know. It can be perplexing. Yeah, I was overwhelmed.
2: What about you, Pete?
3: I you know, I did something a little different with this record, which was actually good, and not to my own even knowing that I was doing it. But I I listened to it. I think I first first listened to it was in the car. But second of all, um, I did some heavy listening right off the bat, and then I took a fat break because I was doing other stuff um, and was busy, and I couldn't listen to anything. So, um, I, I came back to it, revisited it and it gave me a whole new perspective on what the record, what it was like really, really cool. I mean, I, it was totally unplanned, but I think when you like, when you start listening to a record and then just listen a bunch over a week straight, nonstop or like concept, like regularly, you don't, you look at it one way, but when you listen to it, for a bit and then you put it down and then you come back to it, it you have a different perspective than i certainly did
1: interesting oh well, i can't wait to hear yeah. more about that okay <laughs> yeah. well let's uh jump into track by track then we start out with um you're not the ocean, you're not the ocean.
2: man you're not coming in you're not coming in <laughs> this this song is it's well, at one point I was like, "Pete's Pete's belting this out in the car for this chorus for sure." So I was trying it too. You know, I love I love Gord's woo whatever he does at the kind of end there. Um, it's whew, it's a big song. I thought you know, there's few thong- few songs on this album where I'm like, "This is amazing for karaoke." And this huh. song is just big. <laughs> it's a big singer that way. Is it a breakup song? It's a, is it about death? Or is it like drowning? I, I read a little bit on it. And there was a lot of Ontario Lake references. Um, you know, it's this This was kind of... This, for me, was kind They're of a, a word the song Lakes. talking about... Lots They're called of
1: the stuff. Great Lakes. Tim.
2: The Great Lakes, sorry. Ooh. It was specific to Ontario Lake because... For this song, supposedly, because all those lakes send all their, you know, garbage down into Ontario.
1: Oh. Ah. Which is the
2: most polluted out of the greats. So really? is it the least great? I don't oh. know. It's somewhat a repetitive song. I like the piano add-in. There's piano, like first song, and I'm There's hearing... A lot that. of piano
3: on this record. Yeah, yeah
2: a lot of piano. I mean, that was I don't know if that was some Bon Jovi influence in there or something. Anyways, the, the guitar riff feels... A little added, like you know, like we put extra icing on the cake. Um, yeah, it was this is a this is a big song for me. I I, yeah. Big chorus. Holy cow, let's scream it together on on three. You guys ready? Just just kidding. (laughs) It's a big one. It's a big opener.
3: I think this song is my my, like the best way I can put it, sum it up in a sentence, this is fastball down the middle, tragically hip like when i heard this song it was just i knew what i was listening to it sounded like the hip it to me it was like like uh, and i didn't didn't really dig into bob rock prior to the record but it's like the, it's like the, somebody went into the safe in gord Downey's house pulled out the formula that is for writing hip songs and fucking followed it and then folded it back up put it in an envelope put it in the safe and locked it because this song is fucking formulaic, tragically hip. Not in a bad way. In a really cool way. I loved it. I loved Gord's vocals. I love when he gets really high and goes like an oct- octave up. You know the ocean. And then he goes, you know. It gets, re- it's just, yeah. dude, yeah. And the yeah. wolf, a lot of wolves Ooh. on this record, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it feels really like, going back to what you said about this record being a, Hip record personified. It feels like this record was manufactured to feel safe and familiar for hip fans, for people to like press play on the first one and just be like, oh, "Okay, all right, oh, my boys are back." Okay, cool. Okay, cool. I, I'm, I'm I
1: can't. Cool. Yeah, I can't. Hardly disagree with you. Like I, I can't. Just no, the I, vibe that I
3: got. Yeah. You
1: know?
2: I my my vibe was kind of like. Are we trying to get an older crowd? It didn't feel young to me. I don't know.
3: Well, this is what? Almost 20 years on, right, JD? Right?
2: Exactly. So, you know, fans are getting on in their years, which is a whole other conversation. Yeah. The Lonely End of the Rink. So this, this one, I thought, was just remarkable in that it could... Could be about Gordon, and his brother or Gord or his brother individually and hockey. And I mean, this is this is the hockey song, right? Yeah. This is, do they play the song at games?
1: I'm like, sure this, like, they do. Out. I'm sure they do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. This 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 to me was like, you know, the bot said maybe they were too Canadian. I don't know. They play hockey in different countries. That's right. But you know, not being a hockey guy, but being a, a father of, of two dudes and thinking about, you know, brothers. Like I, I kinda dug it. Um the uh the beginning kind of guitar riff start feels like we're we're getting into an anthem song for me right away. Like that guitar at the beginning.
1: Yeah, and, this song uh, is written to be played live for sure.
2: Yeah, the the drum and the bass is just super charging. There's this echoey, Pete. If you remember, this is echoey guitar.
1: One hundred
2: percent. So, I've heard that from a few bands, but the first time, actually, Amy and I were in the car, and I played the song for her, and I said, "I said, what, what is this? What does this echoed out guitar say? remind you of?" Well, I don't know, because there's a few. There's a few, but she said, Duran Duran. This is from
4: uh,
1: Grand
2: uh, Oh my god What were these guys Listening to While on tour I think they were Listening to Anything and everything
1: I, I think yeah, I think they were Probably pretty I would love to know Pretty loose about What they listened to Yeah 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 my, so my, That that was
2: What was yours
3: No my money Would be that they were I mean this has Unforgettable Fire By U2 Written all
2: over Oh completely Unforgettable I, I Fire agree. That whole
3: Like the records Just I was I, I, was, I was just like this is,
2: this is so, well, with, with like a with like a sprinkle of of Robert Plant. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. no, there's something else. There's something else here.
3: But the thing that was so surprising for me on this song was the drums, like mm-hmm. Johnny Faye's drums. I don't know if it's Bob Rock. I don't know what, but like, I mean, I knew the guy's a good drummer, but this fucking song, all of a sudden, he's fucking Stuart Copeland or Neil Peart, like. What the fuck? Like, I mean, dude, like, I, the drum work is yeah. just ridiculous. He's
2: great. I agree. I I thought at one point the drums on this album <sighs> were maybe the most raw, hip. I don't know. It just that that to me was kind of thank God the drums are that way on this album. But if, you, if they were, if they were polished into like a fucking. Bentley or some something, Bobby Rockish. Like, can we call him Bobby? <laughs> you Bobby. can. You're that tight. might piss him off if he hears this. Yeah, but yeah, this the drums on. I think throughout were killing it on this. But song. if JD
3: Probably told me, part. if JD told me, oh, you know, one note about this record besides it being produced by Bob Rock, Johnny Fay does not play Jones on this. It's just they had another drummer for whatever reason. I would just be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, and it's not a knock on Johnny Fay. I just never heard it any fucking thing like this from him. Like, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing.
2: Almost hey. like he was angry. Do you kind of feel that? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, not, not hyped about the maybe the recording process? I don't know. There was something different on his drums.
3: Yeah, dude. It's, there's some anger in yeah. there. Um, yeah. There's some... Yeah, the, all the cool licks. There's an acoustic lick in there and some harpsichord-style like effect. But I thought of you, Tim, because there's no... Like, for a song this grand... They didn't fade it; they ended it, which is cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: It's true. Like, don't fade this shit,
3: man. Fuck it all up.
2: The momentum of it is really fun—kind of that charging, drumming momentum of the song. It's like a few songs on this album are kind of locomotive feeling, like they just get going, you know? Yeah. And I think that matches up with part of at least some, you know, chunk of the lyrics of this song of joining. Oh, to join the rush, you know? Yeah. With. Gord's voice just kind of climbing. Oh, to join the rest. Yeah. It's fucking great. This was, as comparatively to the prior one, this one I was like, ah, people must, the Canucks must love the song live. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Look at you representing the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, What's your team called? There's a trivia question. What's your team called? You don't even know. Dude, I don't follow sports. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's not in my the thing. The answer is
2: I, the Kraken, I,
1: I, the Kraken.
2: <laughs> I don't even know that. And it makes me <laughs> laugh is, because it's ridiculous. The Kraken. You could have the you Kraken. could have made up like the green zebra tomatoes. You know, it, it's I wouldn't <laughs> well, have, I, I wouldn't I have known
1: now. any better. Jeez, that sounds
3: cool.
1: <laughs> All right, we go way out of the hip's normal lane with this next track in view. What did you guys think of this left turn?
3: Mm. You want to take it, Tim?
2: I mean, I'm, I'm just scrolling through the lyrics here. It's it's really simple. It's uh, the the drums at the beginning of this one. OK, here's more drum notes are really yeah. kind of big and strong. And then it softens up. It kind of softens up. Like the song, to me, the, the rest of the music didn't really match the way the drums start, which is I'm sure purpose done on purpose, but it's like whoa, where's this song? Song shifting to it's it's like felt kind of cute. There's um, keys in the background, you know. I was like, phone rings once, phone rings twice, phone rings three times. You know, it just felt like is this kind of a cash grab radio hit? What is going on here? But you know, of course, I read a little bit about it, and there's like references to quantum physics and Plato and Gord's believe in God. So, like, is he calling on the Lord? This song confused me. I'm just if that's not obvious by now, I just wasn't really sure. I wasn't really sure. Everybody's
3: confused with you (laughs) now. It's
2: it's super fun to like get into and sing through it's fun but then
1: those lyrics it, are sort of dark aren't they like i mean uh I i've been meaning to call you i've been meaning to call you then i do so this you know this person for whatever reason has been meaning to call this other person and hasn't called them then finally does and the phone rings once phone rings twice the phone rings three times and then what they they don't answer it goes to voicemail. Like what? Like oh my god! I mean, if
2: if they were calling the Lord, they might still be waiting. Who knows?
3: Yeah, I don't. Like I don't people. know that they have voicemail in heaven. <laughs> not
2: been there. Because Jesus doesn't have an iPhone. Right? Would be awesome. He'd be so big. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure who they were calling or what this one's about. It was. It's kind of fun, but I was like, hey, what's next? But what about you, Mister P?
3: I mean.
1: Was this a single, by the way, J.D.? I believe this was. Let me just quickly take a look.
3: It
2: felt damn written. Yeah, it was the first single. single. It was the first yeah, one. I mean... Yeah, there you go. There you go.
3: I, I hear you guys with the lyrics, and, and I've been... I think at a certain point, when it comes to the hip, I've come to appreciate their lyrics so much because Gord's great at what he does, but there were a couple times early on when I was digging into the lyrics, I started to give them too much weight. And I started to it started to sway my opinion of the song, which is fucking stupid, because it's a music is not supposed to do that. It's a, I mean, yeah, it is in a certain way. But like, if you really like something, and then you dig into the lyrics, like, when you dig into the lyrics of the song fucking, um, I'll be watching you by the police, and you really know what it's about. No one's gonna fucking like that song and play it at their wedding. It's a creepy right. ass song, right? But if right, you kind right. of step away from it and you look at it in a different light, or you just listen to the melody of it, it's fucking. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. This song is a fucking banger. It's an absolute toe tapper. I loved it. I was fucking that the fucking keyboards. Mm-hmm. Du- I mean, I just was happy as a pig in shit listening to this. Yeah, I couldn't remove is this. Is the it their smile. perfect pop song? Either? I am a sucker for a pop song. I make no fucking bones about it, man. You know, you give me a pop song that is just pure bubblegum and rock candy and I will just be like, where do I sign? Fuck
2: This is this is this is one of and them And I yeah. and I
3: just I mean I, I loved, loved, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I I, so I, I think one of, Go ahead.
2: No you go. I'm I was jumping into
3: no i i just i think it's a song like this it's easy for any hardcore hit fan to be like fuck that they sold out or whatever like <laughs> he's such a fucking <laughs> asshole about it excuse my language but dude you know what if i'm any one of those fucking dudes in the band they probably had a blast recording this they probably had a shit ton of fun fucking playing it live because people just fucking dance to it and it's fun and anybody who says anything coarse about it can go fuck themselves <laughs> that's my piece sorry
2: i guess i'm fucking no, myself. I'm
3: so what about this what about this,
2: this i love these it. lines right what about these lines right here day erasers dark of night excited states gone in plain sight under the wave or by cave light i lose things change but never in your eyes i mean that's the loaded bit of this song at the end
4: but, but like you're just what going you say, through him?
2: and you're I, it's it's nuts to me. Like I'm I'm hearing the song, I'm singing the chorus. Like you can sing along to this one, right? Even on first listen, if you're a mega fan, you're probably like, "Yes." Phone rings once phone rings once. and then this Dark Erasers, Dark of Night happens, and it's <laughs> like, "Whoa!" Gord's throwing the dagger at the wheel at the end here. It's yeah. maybe he's
3: just getting shit to rhyme and to fit the song too. I mean, you also don't. That's why I don't – I I give – unless somebody's – unless it's, like, really obvious or whatever, I just try not to give lyrics that much weight because it could ruin a song. Like, I could see, like, if I dig into the lyrics of the song, which I did not, Tim, it would have fuck, fucking ruined it for me. But I just choose to be like, oh, that's – you know, it is what it is, sure. you know, because it's that's – that's another thing because Gord's lyrics are so – they're like, you know, thirty percent THC in the CBD. Like, dude, you, you one drop and you're fucking done. So you got to be careful with it. It's really potent. And um, and and I, I I take his lyrics with a grain of salt because otherwise, like all the fuck, dude, the uh, um, the Channy Wenjack shit, dude. I, if I really start digging in and thinking about that. It gets me like depressed and like super pissed off and like, yeah, you know, it does bring attention to it, which is great. But like if I, I can't, I can't hold that as close to my heart as I do with uh, some songs because it just will fucking wreck me. I don't know if that makes sense.
2: I guess I'm kind of in the middle. Like I I look into them to a certain degree and I either go all the way which rarely happens or i kind of stop halfway up the hill you know but my one of my favorite things lyrics wise on this one is just his use of the usa calling the usa the excited states i think that's what that is and it it just made me forever want to call where i'm from the excited states the excited states because it's so true it's like we're ready oh my god we're so excited all the time. Excited in schools, churches, everywhere we go, we're excited country. So I, that, I mean, it's it's a packed song. It's simple, but it's, uh, yeah, let's just keep moving.
1: So the next song that we uh, have to discuss then is Fly, which is our first song that we've heard that isn't a single.
3: I think this song is, the placement of it is perfect because you've got these three fucking just monsters before, and then it kind of brings it down to me. I felt like mm-hmm. it was, um, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a bar in Alaska and it's, it's cold out, but when you get inside, it's nice and warm and toasty and there are mugs of beer and there's a jukebox and like, it's a romantic comedy. A
2: pair of glowing thighs. Yeah,
3: totally man. I'm telling you that, I, I, <laughs> that, that lyric in here is amazing. No,
2: Coastline rises like a pair of glowing thighs.
3: Ooh, it's it's a, it's a it's a, it's a chorus is a fucking banger. I just felt like like this song was just a feel good song that that didn't slow. Like sometimes the, the songs that slow it down in track three or four, whenever that song comes on a record, it will um, maybe sometimes put you in a depressing mood or whatever. But this song builds up to some fun. But it it just it does take it down a notch in a very nice, beautiful way. I loved it. Yeah, not much more I could say about it. I liked it. I liked it. Tim,
2: Timmy. Yeah, I just thought uh, there were some fun one liners in here. Um, it's kind of I I echo what Pete just said. I felt like it was a uh, a good number four. It's the it's the. It's the guy batting clean up and you know he's solid for a single, you know, to keep things alive and I think that's kind of what this song is. It felt a little this is where I went back to Bob Rock and I'm like this is a little bit Bon Jovi-esque yeah. feeling. It just, you know, that's that was kind of about it for me with the By
3: the way, I think what you mean and I'm not trying to split hairs here. I think what you mean is John Bon Jovi. Because <laughs> if anybody knows anything, there's two things. There's, there's Bon Jovi, which is the band, and then there's John Bon Jovi, which is the solo shit. I felt John Bon Jovi on that.
2: Yeah, well, I, I'm just more referencing like shoulder length, feathered cut hair.
1: That's a, not, lot, not, that's a lot of years you're covering there.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, Blaze of Glory uh, was was by and far his finest work, his finest hour, oh, as God. was the film Young Guns 2, which... I'm with have, you
1: there. I'm with oh, you there. God. A lot of the movies. It was great. Oh, Oh. God,
4: i got to rewatch that. Let's go
1: into the next track, which is one that I always remember from when this record came out because I had something named the same thing that I had written. Uh, I just think, this is me tooting my own horn, but I just think that title, that misspelling with the word sick, which is journalism speak for, there's a spelling error there. Uh, it's just so clever. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but what did you think well, of the I, I song? I did read.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I did. Speaking of spelling errors, I did read that Gord is quoted as saying it, it actually wasn't supposed to be "world container." It was supposed to be "world contain her." Oh, really? Did you guys, You guys? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So supposedly, the the you know the the title of this album is incorrect so maybe it's somewhat of a reference to that um yeah
3: so was the should I keep was, going on the song was she put into a a parcel because i mean the color no i don't know
2: <laughs> yeah maybe 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 it's hmm. that's that's another that's another hit mystery that we'll never know
3: wonder if she was uh, priority or first class
2: well, she had, probably would have had been DHL if she was coming out of Canada. <laughs> so who knows, you yeah. uh, what do I have on this one? You know, it's um I just immediately went to where Pete doesn't go sometimes apparently with songs is like who is this about, you know? Is this a proposal gone bad? Is it rejection? Is it, you know, is is it about being infatuated with someone and not having that feeling reciprocated, and there was there was some um, some bit I read about it that this um, where do I have the quote um, this gal from I guess gal Lexi Liu who knows where am I gonna go here Okay, so this person online wrote that it was about she had experience that it was about a teacher of hers who was dating Gord, and she rejected Gord's proposal and supposedly there's like a whole story there about Gord's, you know one of his relationships so who knows I've, that's I've just not, so reading yeah, into it I've not to, heard that i mean story. that's
1: trying to <laughs> you have no i haven't no oh, you haven't
2: okay so that that to me i mean it got to this level with this with this song and the lyrics and the content of it for me it kind of got to this level of like all right whether whether or not this one's about you know a breakup or what have you it's it's um it's not my favorite on the album it's it's catchy and it's good it's a good song and it it ends kind of at this height of energy
1: right it's yeah it's not it, around long enough i don't know friend yeah it's but it's not it's not a great song i I don't think now there will be somebody out there who it's their favorite song and that's cool that's that's what's cool about music
2: i thought about this one I i don't know yeah i don't know when i'll hear listen to this one next is kind of what i thought it was like what's what's next on the album but i'm curious what pete thought of it of course Uh,
3: you know i liked it a lot i mean i i thought that there was some really cool ideas like they were kind of experimenting with with the song and Mm. i thought that there was like chaos within that builds up to the chorus and then it just returns to the verse and you're like okay because you're like what the fuck is this going on what is going on and then it comes back to the verse and you're like okay all right yeah we're we're back because it's a bit disorientating and um you know, Gord's vocals on this, just singing for that guy must have been so cathartic.
1: Like he really puts a lot into it.
3: Yeah, but it feels like he's doing it. Like he's a guy who like, you know, needs to exercise three hours a day at the gym. And like, that's just him exercising three hours. You're just like listening to him do it because he's like, oh, I got to do this. It's like part of my routine. And he's so good at it, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, you know, I, I want to just, you know, we can move on after the song, because I, 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 I like the song. It's definitely not my one of my favorites on the record, but I, I, I like it. In terms of lyrics, and I just want to say this too, because I, I don't look at lyrics as much, or I don't look at things there's a couple reasons for that. And I just want to say why. Um, because well, for me, like uh, writing songs, when I write songs, they're really, it's, it, it's really hard to write a song that's so thematic, you know, that's like one idea that starts off and it's sewn up at the end, like a fucking with a bow on it. And like, even then it's like, like, let's say it's not completely thematic, but it's it's about something. Maybe not, like, super specific. Even that's hard. Like, a lot of shit I've done is just little ideas of things sprinkled in a song, and it's, like, kind of just jumbled in and thrown in there. So sometimes people ask you about things, and you're like, what? And the reason why I bring that up is because I'm going to make a Steely Dan reference here. I don't know if you guys have ever listened to any other shit. A lot of people give them a lot of shit. I'll take that as a note.
2: I haven't listened to an album.
1: No, I, I will say the same thing, but I have no nothing against Steely Dan.
3: No, well, well, I mean, they're amongst people, amongst music heads. They they The biggest thing they get asked is, what the fuck are your lyrics about? And the guy, the singer of the band who's written most of them, or the other guy had written them, they, he, they're always asked the same question. What's this song about? Because the lyrics are just all over the fucking place. And 99% of the time, it's just like, I don't know, man. We were just coming up with cool shit to say. I mean, really, like that's... And their lyrics are regarded much as you would regard something like some Pixies or Pavement lyrics as just like super avant-garde, super strange, like what? You're like, whoa, what the fuck is that about? And then you come to find out, it's like... It's just, it's just, nothing. yeah, it's nothing. Well, I just was it random my, journal entries. Yeah, totally. And that, yeah. and that, that's another reason why I think I've been head faked a lot, and and I don't dig into them because I will prescribe a certain um, uh, feeling or emotion to a song, and come to find out I'm fucking wrong, or it's not at all about that. Like hence, um, I'll be watching you, or every breath you take. Excuse me. <laughs> And then you're like, "Fuck, man! Why did I play that at my wedding?"
2: <laughs> you know, I I have to think conceptually with Gord's songwriting. Like he is such a prolific songwriter, and like I back back to one of your first comments. Pete, like, I thought it must be have been it must have been exhausting to sing these songs or like be on tour and singing classic, you know, fifty two times in what? two months something crazy like god damn it's but with with his songwriting skills i mean i i can stop and hear one-liners that are fun and that i enjoy but he he pushes me his the way i receive it it pushes me into going down rabbit holes of like what was this song about and there's been a few where i've listened to him and thought the chorus was you know, A, B, C, D, E. And I actually look up the lyrics and I have some of the words wrong. It's hilarious. And I love when stuff like that happens. Like, that's entertaining. That's entertaining that's for great. me. I, excuse me, excuse I,
3: me while I kiss this guy? Yeah. I'm
2: still, I'm still, you know, JD, you've, you've commented on this with me before, but I'm still like, here's an album. It's like a book to me. I want to hear it start to finish and see if there's anything about it that's creating this novel or is it like this current album which i feel like you can put in and put on random and it kind of doesn't matter order wise it's one of those types of albums for me so this this song "Love Sick," in general is uh, it's it's just it's big and it has this you know kind of a quick stop ending it's it's got a lot of energy to it you know after this i was like okay what are we getting to next you know i'm kind of like chugging along in this album trying to get to what maybe is less produce of a feeling and more authentic hip
1: but the kids don't get it. the kids don't get it (laughs) that was it
2: was it it's a fun start it's got a good build there's like quickly into it there's this i think it maybe Pete. i don't know if you caught this i think it might be a um drumstick on top of a yeah, sequel yeah, like yeah doing a swirl yeah right it's like a swirl sound and then it fades off oh. i love i love that shit. i don't want that all the time i feel like that's the surprise ingredient on a pizza but this this there's th- that sound in the song a few times and it's fucking cool um you know it's like yeah the kids don't get it i was i was thinking we're Gen X you know we get it we 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 were born without technology and we've integrated and we we know both sides and that's what this song's about like generations growing up just being in the middle of it and not getting it and all the hard work this band does and yeah the kids don't get it but then as I listened to the song probably twenty times I thought nah Gord's smarter than me what is he what is he thinking about with this song, you know? And it felt more like anti-government, like you're not gonna fool us sentiment, which kind of made it even more for lack of a better words, like more punk rock feeling like this song, this song was checking way more boxes for me. Lots of woos in it. Yeah. You know, it just, this one, this one is like Bobby rock left the room and the guys busted out this song. That's the way it felt for me.
1: Oh, I love it. I I love that. And I love it, especially because it's, there's almost like a dichotomy of a lyric in this song, Kids Don't Get It, and the next song, Pretend. I think
3: it's, oh, there is. There certainly right? is.
1: It's that if I ask you a question, are you going to lie to me? I said, honey, is that your question? Because that one's easy. And then we get the that version of it is the banger version, you know? And the other version is a little more toned down. But uh, Pete, what did you think of the Kids Don't Get It? Well,
3: that, that was the first thing I wrote about Pretend obviously um but in terms of the kids don't get it I, lo- I loved it i mean i echo much of what tim said i, I love the chorus the no the kids don't get it the, the 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 woos in this song gord's singing like a, he's like a he's like a fucking pissed off buffalo you ever seen a buffalo before
2: <laughs> yeah driven yeah driven by him i was one of those assholes they're as big as Volkswagens. yeah 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 no they're huge you're you were one of the assholes.
3: No, I was one of the assholes that gets out of the car at Custer National Park and, you know, walks over to one, gosh, like, and gosh. and and thinks like, oh, this is cool. Take a picture. And um, no, that's a fucking dumb move. For anybody listening, think that that's thinking that that's cool or that's ever something to do. Don't do it. It's fucking stupid. It's to be to, dude, to be fair, the buffalo
1: was having dinner. Yeah, right. you know he said and he said to you very politely <laughs> yeah, 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 if you had um, waited till i was done dinner i would have totally let you have the photo but now i'm gonna have to run after you like a pissed off buffalo <laughs> <laughs> just
3: say fucking that, that 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 it's the first memory that jogged my mind when i heard Gord's fucking grunts in this song um i th- i feel like he i want to watch more interviews with him i really want to dig deep i just haven't had time but i want to figure out like one, whether or not anything Tim has said throughout this pod in terms of lyrics and meanings, like, I know a lot of it has credence, Tim, but maybe some of it doesn't. And like what he thought about it, because I feel like a lot of his words, he just writes down his poetry and then he shows up to the studio and is like, Hey guys, let's do the song or let's make this song. or whatever. He, I think he does you that know? too.
2: I totally agree. But like, I, I-, I
3: wonder how much part of it he's, Sitting down with an acoustic guitar and like working, working songs out with the lyrics he's written because that's a whole nother process, you know, to like write a bunch of shit and then to write chords. Like you got, you got fucking Paul and Juan and Gord Sinclair and 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 Rob Baker to do that. Um, you know, so I'm I'm just wondering, you know, what that is, and then if he was, Scott I wish he was fucking alive, man. I would love to fucking interview that guy or just okay. talk to him and just be like dude what the fuck and either i feel like there would be two scenarios either he would be super fucking cool and chill like yeah man we're just fucking doing this and like and this and like this happened blah blah blah, or he would just like look at me and me like you're a feeble-minded fuck i can't wait for this <laughs> interview to be over get the fuck out of here
2: Aww. i think that's what he'd say about me
3: no okay. i don't know probably probably you you are more nuanced <laughs> than I am but I just he'd be like Tim you're you're about 16%
2: right on the themes of my lyrics and and that's what I would love I mean that's what I love about this guy I mean he's obviously so fucking prolific I wish I had like a book of his poetry sitting right here cuz you know that's he's one of those artists where you get served up something and everybody I think could take their music a little bit differently but have this thread throughout it that joins all the fans together you know it's kind of it's kind of what's amazing about them and in that regard who the fuck cares if they if he was writing about canadian themes and the discussion of why they didn't make it and you know orange county (laughs) whatever you know it's kind of like who cares how many how many bands not from Japan sell out shows in Japan all the time? You know, it's just they they just want to be entertained and maybe people just need to be entertained and not look into it that much.
3: That's Stan Maki- that's Stan Makita. Stan, Stan Makita? Or no, his name's not Stan Makita, but Stan Makita's donuts. The people need to entertain need to be entertained, Wayne. They need the distraction. Like the voices in my head. I thought said... St- why do they come to me to die? Funny. Why do they come to me to die? Oh my god. Oh That's, my god. You no. Know, did anybody Wait, wait Wayne's a World? Like when he goes, "Why? Why do they come to me to die? Why do they come to me to die?" And I think it's Wayne's World. Too.
2: Honestly, I thought you said spanakopita. I was just thinking about spanakopita. <laughs> delicious, delicious Greek baked goods. <laughs> I was I was totally in different land. <laughs> no, but I I yeah, let's let's keep moving. This this song when I heard it, it was exhausting, and it was the first song I hit forward on. I was like, "Give me what's next." Yeah, pretend. If you don't pretend, and I don't pretend, pretending might end, but pretend can pretend to end like oh this is arduous this was tough for me
3: wow yeah jd what do you I, think i'd love to like i t- as a, as a hardcore hip
1: well it meanders it certainly does meander um it's it's if i'm ranking the 11 songs on the record it's in the bottom 10 right like it's either 10 or 11 on this record for me yeah but i'm just so curious i'm so curious about that stanza like why he chose to use it again and then why did they sequence those songs back totally right like
2: i don't know ah i don't know i would love to know if they you know what level they took part in the production of this album did they at this point at this point
1: they were they were very fluent in studio so I, I don't know that they get a production credit. Let me look, quickly look. But usually they do. I mean usually this the one, records they do. This
2: one I thought at one point, after you know, I did of course listen to it incomplete, but no,
1: this is producer Bob Rock, but it, period. And most yeah, of the other yeah, records, yeah. even when it was like Steve Berlin, it was like Steve Berlin, the tragically hit Mark Freak um, Mark Freak huh. or something like that. So this is this is interesting. This is straight up Bob Rock. Huh. okay.
2: I had thought like the three of us need to do karaoke of this one so we can be like arm in arm, shit faced. Pretend? Yeah. Oh
3: my gosh. I think we should <laughs> pretend to do it and not actually do the, it. Yeah.
2: This is a this is a total total sing with friends. Ironically, singing with friends song. It's you know it's like a really nice glass of red wine or. Made me think of like plush velvet. I don't know what the fuck is happening. It's this song's candlelit, and I don't know why it makes me feel that way. And it was like skip. Oh, it was tough.
3: Yeah, I I thought it was. I said it feels like a love song in a fine dining restaurant during Sunday brunch. Yes, Sunday brunch. See, we were fine dining together. No, I mean it, it's it's it doesn't feel. It feels like another band or like. Now Gord's singing, and I know Gord had some solo stuff that he did um, before he passed, um, but it it definitely feels like oh this is not a hip song this is a this is some of the solo stuff. There's jazz guitar in there, hmm. which <laughs> which I gotta say, man. I mean, it speaks to Rob Baker's skills, man, because that guy fucking I mean it works. He makes it sound good. Um, the chorus yeah. feels really seventies, almost like there's a like am radio yeah 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 and 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 there's there's huh. something that he that that they do with chords vocals in there it's a 70s style thing that came came about in the 70s i feel but scott weiland from stone to was was popular for it. it's where they double the vocals they take literally they don't he doesn't re record the vocals they take the same vocal track they double it and then they put it like they put the one track offset by like a millisecond to the other so it sounds more full and rich and they put put them in in one left one right and it sounds like gives this really weird unique effect and wyland scott wyland was was prolific for that but yeah it's got that vibe to it, it wh- fucking random that's all i have to say about this song. it's like
2: having two turbos on your car when you record like that when you produce like it's like having
3: 11 on your yeah. amp <laughs> yeah
1: but yeah, uh why not yeah. make ten, this song also, 10 the loudest with,
2: with with the lyrics of this one when i finally you know let it when i finally absorbed it really because again i skipped it on first listen um i whew, you know maybe this is like a fucking maybe they were pretending oh uh, i don't know uh, maybe the band you know maybe the band in their own oh, really right? in their career yeah maybe they're in their career at this point i mean i'd be exhausted and to a degree with trying to make it bigger than they are now it's like you're in the industry you are a fucking when you don't like it you might be feeling like a marionette you know like this is big giant business happening with this band's career and this is like one of those songs maybe they have to do
1: Wow, I, I mean, I yeah. Let's move on because I, I, I don't, I don't dislike <laughs> the song so much so I'm willing to beat it into a pulp. No, no, no.
2: no,
3: no.
2: <laughs> I, I want. Well, I'm, I wanna, I'm sorry to to offend all the Canadians. I want
3: to make one more quick point, real quick, and this is not really about the song, but about the band, and I'll be really brief. My apologies, but to what Tim said about about the band, no, 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 really. This is the you know the band you know, being exhausted in this and that. You have to think, this is 2007, right? These guys have been at it 20 years, right? They could fucking quit at any time in yeah. terms of, like, yeah. probably set money-wise. I mean, maybe they're totally. not fucking living in... They got three different mansions, but I would posit to think that every member of this band is is not worrying about where they're going to get their next fucking meal. Okay, right. Like yeah, they I'm were afraid. when they did the... Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So... That being said, though, um, this is a time where things were like, through the 2000s, you know, up through 2000, early 2002, things were like record sales and all that stuff. They were making a shit ton of money. And then think about this time, though, man. Music and uh -uh, streaming was coming up. Uh, Sales for records tanked. Um, All that money, all that revenue that people were used to. Um, just disappeared. And so I, I i would imagine to think that this band went through a bit of a come to Jesus, so to speak, and was like, I guess we do. I mean, maybe they're not thinking we got to break into the American market like every fucking Canadian thinks, thinks or we think thinks. But like they're thinking we got to fucking make some money because this shit, the well has run dry, fellas. And we got it.
2: It's running dry. Yeah, for sure. And just
3: thinking about the time of yeah. this record and the timeliness of it, rather than hang our hats up, we're like, fuck, we don't know if somebody's going to buy, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, what's the, uh, uh somebody's going to buy, um, Trouble at the House or, or, um, what's the fucking power, uh, power Phantom up? Phantom power. Phantom power. Jesus. Phantom power. Phantom power. On CD anymore or whatever it is. And, and so, right? you know, I bet you there was a bit of pressure there. Like, hey, we got to keep making music, guys. I know, I know we're kind of over it. I know we're all friends here, but we got this, a job to do.
2: This is a mega transition time. JD, do you recall this? So supposedly this one was released a week ahead of time to stream.
1: That's what I understand as well. It was on yeah. the band's
2: website a week ahead of time. So you could listen to it online. So that was a That's big right. deal. And, right?
1: uh, the thing that I was most surprised at based on what pete just mentioned as well is that it still hit platinum in canada which is a hundred thousand right. records which a hundred thousand records in 2007 is like um did i say 2007 yeah yeah it's 2007 2000, 2006. it it's came fucking, out 2007 though it came out to that ha it came out to that 2000, it's 2007 it, it six. in the u.s but it came out in two thousand six right. and October. came out about six months earlier. Yeah. That's
3: right. You were saying hundred thousand records.
1: To me, that's
3: still like
1: I mean that's not they're not doing diamond anymore, but but who is doing diamond? Right. They're doing
3: people were still Kazaa and shit and lime wire yeah. and shit. I mean I I I, right? I mean, Napster was shut down for the most part, but Kazaa and Limewire were, you know, pretty bad. Giving, yeah, you know.
2: So this, I, I, this is what I found that it was streamed on the band's website a week before release, and also various Southern Ontario radio stations. So people were, peep the fans were digging into this one. They were getting glimpses. They were hearing putting on the radio and hearing songs they never heard before. Yeah, like that's that's, that's a different way to release an album. Yeah you know, compared to what they've been used to. So yeah.
1: Huh? Yeah. I don't remember it vividly. I don't remember it. My, my brain was really buried in pavement at this time. Okay. That's what I was listening to by and large. It wasn't until I came back to it. Like I, and I kept all the, all the stuff that I loved in my rotation, and all that I loved was everything up to *In Violet Light*, and then in between *Evolution* was uh, put me off, and and then this record came out, and I I wasn't there for the new cycle, you know, and the next record I wasn't there for the new cycle, <laughs> so that was different for me because I had I had paid so close attention to this band, and then I didn't hear them right away. I only heard them on the radio or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm
3: yeah last night i dreamed you didn't love me
4: i went to bed angry i didn't dream about plague i didn't dream about pestilence i didn't read dream about anything except the dream that you didn't love me last night i dreamed you didn't love me
3: I'm going gonna, gonna to go out on a limb here and say this might be the best song on the record. It's fucking fantastic. When the verse starts, it just, it's got a groove to it. There's something that they do in the chorus, I believe, where I remember it. this is going to I'm trying to make it not too technical. It's kind of stupid. But I think it's a fucking cool trick when musicians do it. Where like, there's they do like a substitute chord or something that makes you, it makes your brain think. Because in music, your brain always wants to return to the one, the home chord, the the resting chord that makes you feel happy and resolved. And they do this little trick where they they do like a 1-7 where you think it's going to be like a key change so you're expecting this key change in the harmonies but it doesn't happen and they just go right back to what they were playing before and it's so subtle it's very Beatles, very British um, you know British late 60s rock Um, but uh, it's fucking cool it's just cool and then of course you know during this whole fucking amazing song Rob baker you know steps into his fucking lair and emerges with his fucking Strat and just smacks everybody in the face with a sick solo which is you know awesome <laughs> so fucking cool um yeah dude it's I love this fucking song it's probably my favorite song on the record it's got a star on it for sure. Timmy. I'm gonna
2: let this one shine. I'm gonna I'm gonna let this one shine for Pete. <laughs> my my favorite part of it <laughs> right right at the very beginning of hearing this, you kissed my fingers and made me Oh die. God.
3: It's so fucking
2: And and I was like that that seriously stuck in my head for a few days. I'm walking around the house. Like that lyrics coming out of my mouth every once in a while, and it got to a point where I was like, "Ah, oh, this I'm, I wanna, I wanna fucking get some fried chicken."
1: Is that what this, this oh, portion God. is about right here?
2: Everything back to food.
1: With <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> Haven't had breakfast yet. Where's brunch? Just kidding. Yeah, the, I'll let I'll let Pete take this one. I I was uh, reaching for a box of tissue. Really. It's an emotional song. It's an emotional song. It's, you know. I'm not rolling over in the morning telling somebody that last night I dreamt that they didn't love me. That's that's a that's a tough one. Oh, but the that's groove big. Is, is just big fucking
3: I mean, dude, when they fucking I mean when they sing this fucking life, people lost their fucking shit. I mean, <laughs> I will lose my shit hearing Hearing fucking Gord Sinclair's bass just thump, bum Like, I mean, just, I'd be tra- I would betray, I mean, I don't know who I would stare at more like creepily during this concert because it just, because it just <laughs> fucking, uh, it's a banger dude Oh my God. They, and I don't know how much old, old um, Bobby Rock had to do with this one, but fucking shit. It is, it's a winner, dude. It's a fucking winner.
2: I think he was. I think he was holding the knitting needles on this one. Winner,
1: yeah. winner, chicken dinner. Yeah. For Tim. <laughs> <laughs> How about the drop off?
2: Oh, uh, I thought this was just a good rock and hip song. The guitar felt a little kind of over, extra. I don't know. Every once in a while, but I just thought it was a good song, and you know, there don't go. Swimming past the drop off, I love that line. It just makes me think of like how small the world is, or big the universe is, and what is the drop off? It's you know the shelf in the sea of no return. These depths, like I just thought, this was kind of a cool
1: you listened song. to this one high, didn't you, Tim? The, <laughs> I mean,
2: I listened to the album sober. Oh, did you? Times It was you're in just, the car a lot. You're just no, but I, I like this song. It's so high. Oh. In a good well. way. Yeah. This these were my notes. Um that there's a trailing end distant sound at the end of the song. Did you catch that? I did. Did you hear it? I did. I certainly did. There's yeah, so it's it's in the same family of what we hear with the beginning of Tiger the Lion, which is fucking cool. So I I dug, It
3: starts off with Johnny Faye tapping his sticks on like the the rim doing like a like a rim shot a little bit on the metal yeah, part of the, yeah, of, the yeah. of the of the snare. And I every every single person in this song has a this is the second song that I I would say probably be my second favorite tune on the record. It's just cause every member of the band fucking kills it. Um uh, uh, Gord sounds like he's on like uppers either methamphetamines or something in this song. And I'm not saying like, oh, Gord's on drugs. Like he's a, Not that that's bad too. People do drugs, whatever. I'm not knocking. He just sounds like he is visibly off his fucking face in this song. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I mean, there's not a moment where the guy doesn't give his all in any performance. You know, there's no song where like, kinda, he like kind of, he he does it 50% everything is 110% with this guy and um, everybody, man. There's uh, Pauline was there's a moment where he just comes in with this rolling little rhythmic riff on his fucking Les Paul and it just that guy makes me want to get a Les Paul so fucking much. Jesus Christ. Oh, you should. Yeah, well, yeah. You should. Tell that to my bank account. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like those do you remember those old i don't know if you have those in in canada uh jd but bank you accounts
1: no yeah, yeah, yeah we have those yeah,
3: Jesus <laughs> tim do you remember um listening to those guitar center commercials when they'd have like president's day sales or something or sam ash they'd be like guitar centers president's day sale and they'd say like you know you yep. rich warlocks 7.99 ivan 3.99 you know, and they would—it's not like they go. It's
2: the same. This it was, a, yeah. It was the same dude that announced the Monster Truck. exactly. Series,
3: you know, like Anaheim Raceway this it, weekend. Dude, I, and they would always say shit like, musicians, you need new gear, but your wallet just isn't cooperating. And they would like get you to sign up for like a fucking <laughs> card. They call it a gear gear card. It's a fucking credit card with like thirty two percent interest on it. Fucking oh my god, sorry. That's.
2: So yeah. And, and nowadays, the guitar center, the guitar center near my house is one like a mile away and I've been there with my oh, kids sad, like, man. 45 times. And nowadays, they're often closed because of staff issues. Like be- they can't get I people to work it, there. Man. We'll go there and it'll be like closed, no one can work today.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> a like, guitar okay. center? For real? Yeah.
2: Wow. Dude, I went
3: to a
1: guitar.
2: It's fucking Nobody wants to make goddamn minimum wage in this country.
3: I went to a guitar center when I was in the US last year and I wanted to play. The Fender came out with these American vintage strats and I wanted to play one so fucking bad. Um, like they, they had like, a, it's a copy of like one from like 1957 or something. And I went into like three guitar centers. None of them had it. And the guy basically told me, he's like, look, man, none of the guitar centers have these. You can go to the one in L.A. on Sunset. They might have one. But he says, if you want one, you have to order it. And because they have like a 30-day no questions asked return policy, um, you can order it. It'll be here in two days. You can play it and then just return it like on the spot. And he says, and then we'll at least have one in the store. Um, But like that's the – because everything on the wall is mostly shit. They don't even have –
2: It's like fucking rent a center at that point. It's crazy,
3: man. They just – it's sad. It's sad. Huh. Anyway, I get. anyway, family band.
2: We digress.
3: Family band, yeah.
2: Yeah, family band, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're 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 heading in. We're heading into the end here. This
3: song's back to the basics. Back to the basics again. Mm-hmm. Basketball down the middle. Hip, catchy chorus. Classic hip. Rob Baker doing the wah wah, which he doesn't do a lot, but when he does, mm-hmm. he. He fucking kills it. I think uh, there's a lot to love about this song. It, it, I didn't dig too much in the lyrics, but it, it felt like the the droves of of gigging and loading gear in and out, you know, load the kick, uh, the kick yeah. drum loaded, you know, like just like I was we played a gig in Cordova this on Friday. And, you know, it's it's always cool because you fucking you have a great time. You play a great show. Everybody loves it. And then after you're done, you clean up all your shit, and everybody's inside drinking, doing shots, having fun, smoking cigarettes. And you're carrying, you're lugging your fucking amp out to your car and your guitars, and it's quiet. And you're like, fuck, this sucks. I wish I had roadies.
2: <laughs> That's exactly what I, my sentiment was for this one. The same thing. Same thing. JD, the, the video you sent us, the full-fledged yeah. vanity. There's there's a part in there. It's a great video, by the way. That everybody should watch that if you haven't already. There's a part in there where the band is like, it's I don't remember who said it, but they said, um, you know, touring, it's not work when we're on stage. That's that's the fun part and that's the part we love. He it said it's everything in between is the job, the travel, the hotels, the setup, the teardown. It's like that's the job. And we're not on when we're on stage, that's the easy part and this I mean, this is kind of in a way, with this song, was truer about words never the spoke woes of man. touring. Yeah, the woes of touring and the wo- woes of corporate radio. And you know, there's all there's like almost a pause and then some driving guitar, um, before the last verse in here. Like it felt like there was just it just got an a adrenaline shot to keep going and finish the song. It's it's this this again made me feel you know empathetically for the band and their job and their touring and you know the amount of production it's just it's massive it's massive oh
1: yeah um one of one of my uh standout lyric in this song is uh one day i'll make some honest rock and roll full of hand claps and gang vocals I'm going to get yes, all the children yes. involved. We're going to get lost in all you locals. Um, remember that. Remember that idea of hand claps and gang vocals, especially for the next record. Like, there's, there's gang vocals, and we've never heard them on a Tragically Hip record before, and we, and we get them hmm. loud and clear. Uh, it's really interesting that this set of lyrics came out. You know, and and suggest shade the, shy of truly loving them. Yeah, you
2: know, are they are they speaking are yeah. they
1: speaking of the experience at the time? I don't know, I don't know. So that takes us to the titular world container, uh, the title track, world container. And what did you guys make of this song? I'll
2: I'll go real quick. You know, I thought it was kind of a perfect closer. It was this epic, kind of an epic song of an ender, you know, it's theatrical. It's, it it feels really made for the stage. Um, it's, uh, what do I have here? What we have here are all flaws in progress. What, where all songs are none, sorry, where all songs are one song. And that song is don't forget. You know, it's it's just kind of a perfect ending. This 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 was one of those songs that, as an ender, I felt like this closed for me this album, and I was just ready to go again for what's next. So this this was this fit its place for me.
3: Yeah, I I I, I second Timmy's emotions, uh, and also that like just little subtle things, the way the song starts, it it. it then it goes to minor um, it it th- there's the lead guitar is really stadium rock Tim said it is built for the stage absolutely I could see this song being played and I don't mean this in a bad way I could see this song being played at like a fucking Super Bowl you know um, like, like just like super emotional super like everybody into it everybody swinging and swaying and and digging it um again i don't mean that in a bad way because you know i'm not a big football fan not that it's bad but just like you know super bowl halftime shows are. Like, i'm so there you know?
2: when, one of my notes arm in arm singing <clears throat> the last yeah. bit all together
4: yes.
3: yes. like, yeah 100 100 yeah. I, yeah. I dug it though I, I really i really liked it and, you know I had a thought, and this is not really even hip related, but when I was thinking about that, um, there was a guy I went to school with. That was a pretty famous. I didn't actually go to school with. He graduated a couple years before I went. His name was Demetrius Maxi, and he was pretty big in the Canadian Football League. I googled oh. him, and I was like, I was like, holy shit, yeah, he played like a full career, and now he's a coach for. Um, I don't know. I'm going to look it up real quick because it's, it's, it's gotta be. He played for, he was a defensive end, um, for the Edmonton Elks.
1: Oh, okay. Uh,
3: oh no, now he's a a line coach for the Edmonton Elks, but, um, he played for the, uh, Toronto Argonauts or something. I don't know. I don't follow football, man.
1: Yeah. Well, you definitely don't follow Canadian football. I know that that. Canadians don't follow Canadian football and there's some really good stuff. We used to (laughs) to talk about Canadian football on the podcast all the time.
3: (laughs) But to be in like the NFL, like I knew guys that played with him in the school, like guys that I knew really well. And the guy was a fucking, he was a, nobody wanted to go up against him. He was a fucking train wreck. Like it just, you might as well step in front of a moving bus. <laughs> like the guy the guy would fucking destroy anybody in front of him God, I mean, I couldn't imagine it anyway
1: i just wanted to make one comment on yeah. th- uh, another lyric that i love another set of lyrics that i love good news you get to vanish go to cleveland bn indie smash the good news is now you are smaller the bad news is that you can be smaller than that <laughs> I just think that is so rock and roll road dream scenario, right? Like, you know, so maybe they do all of a sudden come popular in a segment of the United States. You can get small. You like you can get smaller than than that. You know.
3: I I I never understood why. I never. I still will never understand the whole. Breakthrough United States shit, dude. I just... I
2: don't... But you know how... how It might have been, in a way, if the band was kind of over it, and we're like, you know, it is what it is. It might have been fucking cool to play an arena in Canada and then play...
3: Yeah, right?
2: I don't remember... You know, work? playing a theater in San Francisco, yeah, like it, that must have been fucking cool, and to be at the Fillmore and have or play a fucking would be like seventy seventy percent Canadians and thirty percent diehard, you know, fans from wherever else. That must have been, in a way, pretty liberating as a band.
3: Yeah, I bet. I bet El Rey or like the haunt, the the, the Fonda and yeah, in L.A., yeah, yeah. which is like I mean, can you imagine only people?
2: Yeah. Only doing arenas? Oh. That's. I bet they that's, killed a fucking play at a dive bar. Be, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, I guess they were doing fun I stuff would, like
2: I would, that. I would kill to hear them play at a dive bar. You know, that's probably what I would choose is like the El Ray. If I could hear them. As long as the
3: sound tech doesn't fucking but, electrocute you three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah.
2: I don't know. A stadium would be amazing too. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be picky.
3: I don't know if I told you that. I I, I mentioned that to um, to to Steve uh, Steve Malcolmus when I when I when I was talking to him in, uh, in Copenhagen, and I, I mentioned that show to him, and he he immediately recalled it. He was like, "Yeah, I remember that." <laughs> this
2: is fucking it's fucked up dude tell, tell us the story no
3: just one time i saw him it was on mm. i don't remember what tour it was like 2014 and the the um the fucking sound tech or whoever didn't ground the mic and he got electrocuted once and it happened second time and he was like fucking pissed and then the third time he almost walked off stage and i wouldn't have nobody would have been pissed if he did because he looked visibly fucking right. like shooken and like what the fuck? Like, guy did on the mic. And so every time he went to grab it put his mouth on it, he got fucking he got buzzed. Kind of like you fuckers used to do to me when, when somebody was muting the, <laughs> muting the mic. Oh, let's go no! quick. <laughs>
2: Dude, I've seen that happen. Uh, That's horrible. End that I was following for a while I, that I've mentioned before from la called wand i saw them play a, a small club and here in portland and the lead guy Corey hansen is, is his name he's just fucking fantastic guitar player it's almost too easy for him but he was getting shocked over and over and it was it was through whatever was going on his board wasn't grounded like he was he was getting shocked over and over and they and they were some, trying to record that show for series of recordings and it was just the, all these technical fuck-ups and when, when i see stuff like that happen, that shows man it's such a
1: bummer now ah, so, i now have the eighth anyway. really song shock me stuck in my head
2: here you go there
1: you go Jeez. <laughs> thank god it wasn't it up
2: back to world yeah, sure back to world contain her
1: um yeah i think uh we've reached the conclusion yeah. of yet another tragically hip record now the hard part though uh you have to choose one track to put as your MVP for your playlist. Easy. easy. This easy. is easy. easy. Okay. All right.
2: I know Pete's. Pete, do you know mine?
3: Yes, I know yours. Um the kids don't okay.
2: get. That's exactly right. And yours is pretend. No, shut
3: the fuck up. No? Fuck up. It's not? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I walked right into that one, man. I was like, yeah, I know yours too. Guess mine. <laughs> uh fucking last night i dreamed you didn't love me hands down hands down put that on like i mean that is up there with like fucking fireworks dude it's a fucking jam
2: it's up there with kiss my fingers and made me love you that's that's just that would make me want to stop writing songs it's just too perfect it's like
1: (laughs) that's a good work day everything about that tune
2: so good so, so, cooking up some chicken today.
1: All right. Oh, you're making me hungry. I did buy it. I... Yeah.
2: I love the kids don't get it. I, you know, it's it, it kind of almost is like where the guy's listening to Quadrophenia during this time. I don't know. There's. It made me think about a lot of other bands that, that are historically very just viable, you know, just have their place. Canonic. Am I love sick sometimes. Yeah. What What about the whole Austin City Limits thing that happened? Did you uh, Did you catch that at the time? Do you recall no. that?
1: Or was that a big deal? No, or? I don't remember. Not at all. Did they do an Austin City mm. Limits? Yeah. Oh, I've never even Those seen Those are that. really they hard to, to get Mishcog. on live. Um, yeah, because yeah. it's PBS, right? Yeah, What you would think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. for Probably. whatever reason, yeah. people don't share it. <laughs> I guess well it's just hard to access it
3: man it's to subscribe you to it, sure so shit can't yeah. share it it's like okay i get it but like come on once you've made your your buck on it what do we you know yeah are we, are, are people really still paying for a fucking Austin City Limits video of a Boss gags concert from 87 probably not <laughs> so let's just from what
2: i could see uh, in 06 they did austin city limits in in 06 and they did uh it looks like they did put it out there so i don't know if that went out on, on cd or what
1: yeah I'm, I'm scratching my head too i'm gonna watch the video we'll I'm gonna do see a little bit live. more research on that
3: yeah all right well
1: next week September 15 2006
3: oh 2006 so this is before this record
1: yeah same year
3: well they probably played maybe a couple tracks from but because by that time it would have been recorded
1: yeah, that's true.
3: Came out in October two
1: thousand six. Yeah, a satellite? Uh it's it looks like it was
2: only digital. And uh which, you know, for the time, sure, go for it. That's awesome. Digital download from Universal. Yeah, we got um seven songs. So yeah, Austin City Limits, it's usually about an hour. We got Courage, Lonely End of the Rink, Gus, the polar bear from Central Park, Bobby Cajun, fitting, Poets, okay. 100th meridian and blow it high dough there's a banger of last couple songs wow I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to find there's that. so much
3: weird shit
2: 34 minutes 50 seconds
1: In, the, in that got to be there that... somewhere if you know of where you can get it send us an email uh, JD at gettinghiptothehip.com that'd be cool to hear from you
3: yeah don't send it to Pete at gettinghiptothehip.com don't
2: send it to Pete. Hey, JD, it sounds like, you know, we, we need to remind our, our listeners of our event coming up because uh, it's it's coming close. The
1: Rec Room. That's right. The Rec Room it's in Toronto on Bremner Street. 50 Mission. I have to ask you guys, this will be your first pseudo live hip experience. It's not going to be like seeing the band live, but it's, you know, about as close as you're going to get at, at, at this point. Which is an odd thing to say, but but you know,
3: I can't wait. I'm so stoked. Um, I, I mean, it, it, I'm really looking forward to fifty mission. I, I i I've seen they're they're pretty damn good for for a tribute band to the hip. I mean they're they're pretty much top notch. Um, so I'm excited to see that cause just to hear hip songs live would be fucking cool. Um, And with other hip fans, too, because, yeah, we all listen. I don't think we've all gotten it like we've not. I mean, yeah, it's one thing you can do it online, but like we've not all hung out and listened to the hip. So it's going to be fucking cool to listen to hip music with other fans. And um, I think is it were you mistaken, JD? Or am I mistaken when I said that, like, um, you can either pay for a ticket or there's free entry if you bring nine cans of ravioli? (laughs)
1: <laughs> let's not mix anybody up. <laughs> nobody wants to, nobody Although, wants
4: to admit they ate nine cans of ravioli not <laughs> nobody.
2: maybe a couple family size. oh one. man <laughs> i'm excited i'm 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 excited to uh have some steam whistle again that's kind of on my list yeah that was I really good i enjoyed that time yeah, and I'm I'm excited to hear these guys play. I have not looked them up or watched a second of video or anything, so I'm kind of just treating it like it's gonna be my first of the band Tragically Hip show. You know, I'm in, just in anticipation and in surprise. I'm just excited for it. So oh.
3: it's
2: gonna be great. I'm
3: so stoked, man. I just I hope nobody's pissed at us for the or pissed at me for anything I said in any of the episodes. I just want somebody to be like, hey,
2: you're... Baby, yeah, I'm right? hoping to...
3: Yeah, hey, how you yeah. doing? Boom! Just fucking... <laughs> a shank. A fucking knock just breaks my fucking nose. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Because I fucking... Dude, this, is, this has been such mm. a cool experience, man. I'm looking forward to talking to people about a band that yeah. I've come to love over the last few months, you know?
2: Yeah, we'll have to talk about maybe a, a, a pre-party meetup, you know? Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Huh? When yeah. we get to it.
3: Yeah.
1: Like we've now you're talking. Before. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to play. Do they in
3: know. in Canada? You betcha. Mary? Do they? Yeah. I'm just curious.
1: I'll take you to my have, um, local dispensary. I think they
2: have Mary, fungus, Mary fungus.
1: Yeah. There's a couple places. There's one on yeah. the Danforth that was Mary Fungi. That was open for a, a while. I'm not sure if it still is.
3: What's your What's your weed place called again? It's a weird name. Weed jar. Weed jar, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well what Bye. would you call it? Dave's not here. Dave's not here. <laughs> that's true. Dave's not here. <laughs> Still.
3: Oh, that's such a good Still. that's such a good name, dude. Dave's not here. Dave's Still not, here. not here. And then the second one would be dude, there was a there's a place in um in uh in Utah. It's in Salt Lake and it's called it's a bar, it's a shithole. And I made the mistake of going back there because it was actually a decent place before, but then I went back there. Years later, and it's a fucking dangerous place. It's called my ex-wife's place. <laughs> I'm not joking. Bar is called...
2: I mean, it's it's a little little tiny bit of a mistake to go back to Salt Lake, but... I'll,
3: oh, I love I'll Salt Lake. Back. I got a lot of friends there, man. Ugh. A lot of yeah, friends.
2: Yeah, you have good friends there. A lot
3: of Mormons, a lot of Jack Mormons. All different colors and shapes and sizes in Salt Lake. <laughs> love it.
2: A lot of, of watered-down beer. Yeah,
3: that's true. That's true.
2: So much. Oh, Watered-up beer. It's it. It's all watered-down there. That's true. If weed became legal in Utah, it would be like 2% weed and a, a 98% oregano.
1: They'd be like, here you go. Have fun. It's funny. Well, that's what we've got for you this week. Thanks for playing along. At home. Tim, Pete, you. Yep. Yeah. Hell of a show. Hell of a yeah, show. good show. Good job. Thanks, fellas. Pick
3: up your shit. Thanks for listening to Getting Hip to the Hip. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review the show at gettinghiptothehip.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Getting Hip and join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fully and completely Questions or concerns? Email us at jd at hip to the We'd love to hear from you
1: Do-ra podcasts and such.